0: Welcome back into Sports 180. Thank you for being with us. We begin hour number two today in Maryville. We're at the Easy Stop. We'll be here until 3. We're out here thanks to Michelob Ultra with the golf cart. You can stop by right here to register to win. We'll draw two qualifiers for the grand prize drawing at the end of today's show. That's at 3 o'clock in Maryville on Hunt Road at the Easy Stop. Again, thanks to Michelob Ultra. As we say hello to Mike Griffith, who covers Georgia and SEC football for dognation.com with the AJC. Mike, how are you? We miss you down there.
1: Uh, doing great, Josh. Appreciate it, man.
0: Man, you sound good, too. Uh, Jay Liford Engineering down there in uh, in Hoover. So, uh, do, do you have a big takeaway from the opening comments from Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, who you heard from last hour?
1: Uh, you know, not really. I mean, um, you just the sense that, you know, we, we, <laughs> gosh, you hate to start out with something somewhat controversial, but, you know, the COVID numbers, right? We're seeing the Delta variant, uh, you know, Sankey talking about not enough teams reaching that 80% threshold and and that this thing isn't over. As normal as it seems, and I've spent a lot of time in Knoxville this summer in addition to Georgia, and, and it does seem like a more normalcy, right? But the reality of it is if we look around, uh, you know, we've seen Olympians, uh, you know, that have, that have contacted the virus. Uh, we've seen North Carolina State baseball uh, have to forfeit out of the College World Series. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing issues. We're seeing things happen. And, and, you know, to, to just ignore them is, you know, is is naive. If we want to have the new normal move forward, uh, we've got to be aware of this. And, and Sankey really making a strong call for teams to reach that 80% number. Uh, I think right now he said six of the 14 teams are, 80, are at 80% vaccinated, which is the number that, that we need to be at. You know, we can look at the data and we can see the southeastern states are lagging behind in average number of people. and and the the point that that Sankey made that I think we should all agree with was that this should not be a political issue this should be a health issue and a science issue and uh you know I, I'll get off my soapbox right there but uh, I thought that was I thought those were very good points because Josh I want to see a full football season this year Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think everybody does, Griff. And when when you're looking at SEC media days, it really does feel like two very distinct categories are emerging on the field talk versus just off the field talk, which COVID would fall into, name image likeness, all that. What do you think are the biggest storylines heading into media days this year?
1: Yeah, Heather, I think I think you're right. I, I think, you know, the politics of the off the field. It's been such a busy off season, right? I mean, obviously, COVID nineteen you know changed all of our lives and our worlds, and, and still does, right? We're still searching uh, for that new normal. Uh, but you know, then you look at the the talk about the name, image, likeness. Uh, certainly, that's a hot button topic. Um, you know, the, is there some equity there? And, and there's not a federal law on that. Which, which means some states, there's some variances. And then you get into the particulars of, well, is the athlete governed by the law in the state of the university? Is he governed by the law in the state that he's from? Um, you know, how do you enforce this? It's not a one-size-fits-all situation. You know, some athletic athletes that are doing media, not the same as others, right? I mean, you know, there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything, but, but who's the police on this? You know, the NCAA has basically stepped back and raised their arms up and said, hey, we're just here watching now, right, because nobody wanted to listen to the NCAA, and Mark Emmert's probably one of the least effective leaders, you know, that we've ever had of the NCAA. And, you know, maybe that's more a sign of times than it is Mark Emmert, but, uh, you know, right now it's, it's kind of one of these deals of, you know, who's in charge here? Right and and how do we enforce these rules? Um, you know, when it comes to name, image, likeness. And, and what are the rules? There's no standardization. There's no standard, as Sankey said. So name, image, likeness is a big deal. We we haven't heard much in the playoff because, you know, they've kind of tabled that. They got everybody all excited. They did the little test tube thing. They floated it out there. You know, hey, everybody like this? Everybody like this? We had, yeah, we all like it. We're like, okay, wait, let's stop talking about it now. It's not going to happen for two years. Well, then why the heck did you bring it up? And why do we have to wait two years, by the way? Why do we have to wait? What's so hard about saying we're going to change this? Nothing's hard about it. You know, so unfortunately, we're, you know, we're still saddled, you know, with this crew of 13 people. I think there's two of them with Notre Dame backgrounds now, by the way. We're still saddled with these 13 people that are going to decide that a Notre Dame team that just lost 34 to 10 is still one of the best four teams in college football. <laughs> and if you believe that, I got some oceanfront property in Tennessee to sell you. So, uh, to me, it's not a perfect system. We need to expand to make sure that teams that, that belong in have that opportunity. Um, and and I, I'm, I'm just not comfortable with the 13-man committee. I, I never was. And I think we've seen now a couple of, exa- of examples where, where the right teams didn't get in.
2: Oh, Griff, if, you, if you're putting together uh, a group of people, what is the magic number and, and who, who, what would that group consist of? Or, or do you go back to computer polls to determine the, the future of the playoff?
1: I go back to the combination. I am I'm, I'm a big fan. A big fan. That's right. I'm going to tell you I'm a big fan of something and somebody, and I know media people aren't supposed to be. But I'm a big fan of Roy Kramer, Maryville's Roy Kramer. And what Roy did as the SEC commissioner was incredible in the 1990s As we saw this league launch to the top. We saw a lot of the media bias disappear because of Roy Kramer's leadership, because of the way Roy Kramer was able to get the Rose Bowl on board to participate so we didn't have any more split championships after 1997. And it all started with the Tennessee Vols in 1998. That was my first year in Knoxville covering Tennessee. And uh, Tennessee won uh, via the BCS championship game. Uh, we all knew the rules, right? We, we all remember this. I know you guys remember this. I know Josh does. I think he was out at practices. You know, we, we had the uh, Anderson and Hester computer. We had the New York Times computer. And then we had the Sagarin rating. So we had these three computer polls. And then we had these two media polls. And it was a formula. And we said, you know, using this cross-section of computers and people we're going to determine who the best teams are. Now, at first, some people said, "No, wait a minute. We didn't know all this was going to happen. Okay, well, now you got time. Schedule accordingly. And now everybody knows the rules. Everybody knows how we're going to do this. We all are sitting down at the Monopoly board, and we all are playing by the same set of rules and understands how we win and how we lose. And we had this BCS system in effect for some 16 years. Now you've got a group of people that decide and say, well, maybe it's the schedule. Well, no, 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 it's not the schedule. It's being a conference champion. Oh, not this year, not this year. This year it's having a good off. You're going, wait a minute. What, what determines who the – well, we determine. We'll decide. We'll, how, we'll tell us how. it we're not going to tell you how we do it. We're going to go close the door, and we're going to pick, and we're not even going to tell you what the parameters are and what the priorities are and how we pick. It's, it's preposterous when you think about it. Right? You're sitting down to play a game of cards and you think, Hey, I think I got a really good hand. No, 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 no. We're not actually we're not playing poker, we're actually playing Uno. Oh, well maybe this isn't such a good you know, it's like the rules change and they change because of the politics and the teams. As I said, they justified Notre Dame getting in the playoff last year after losing thirty four to ten over a Texas A and M team that's only loss was to the most statistically dominant SEC team in history two and a half months before. An a and team with one loss. And a Cincinnati team, by the way, that didn't have any losses, that was pretty darn good. So, I mean, I, I really had a problem with it. So I don't, when you say what is the solution, the, the solution ain't that, all right? I, I would take the BCS that Roy Kramer, and I, I spoke with Commissioner Kramer two summers ago in Lansing. I was able to introduce him into the Lansing, Michigan Hall of Fame. I don't know if many people know this about the, that Maryville treasure, Roy Kramer, but he was a championship football coach. Before he was a commissioner, he won state championships at like three different high schools in four years. And then he led Central Michigan to a title in, in the Division II ranks. But I caught up with Roy and I asked him about this. And he said, well, the reason we use the computers instead of the people was to avoid the regionalism. Regionalism exists in college football. It's part of the magic of it. Right, The people in the Big Ten at Michigan Ohio State, they think they've got the best rivalry. Alabama and Auburn will tell you they got the best rivalry. There's people out in the Pac-12, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe unless, uh, I don't know how crazy some of those people in the Pac-12, I don't think any of them are claiming to have the best. But the point is, is that there's a lot of regionalism and bias depending on where you live in the country. And Roy Kramer came up with this system to, invo- to avoid those politics for this very reason so that we could avoid this conversation that we're having right now.
0: We are talking to Mike Griffith. He's at SEC Football Media Days, uh, covering it for dognation.com. And uh, we're here in Maryville, by the way, in uh, in Roy Kramer territory as uh, Mike's talking about it. The, the current playoff, Mike, as you kind of mentioned, is still only four teams. Will Georgia be one of those four teams this year?
1: Yeah, they, they should, right? I mean, I, you know, gosh, how many times have we said that? I kind of feel like Georgia – you know, is, is where Tennessee always was, right? Tennessee was always so loaded, and you always just felt like there was that one game you had to get over that hump. And, and Georgia's been in that position, right? It, it's been Alabama that's tripped them up uh, a couple of times. One year Alabama got in the playoff, and they didn't play in the SEC title game, speaking of injustices. But, uh, you know, they, they've got to get over that hump. They got to be, whoever's going to come out of the West, I'm not convinced it's Alabama this year, but whoever comes out of the West, Georgia's got to beat Georgia. Uh, is an overwhelming favorite in the East. I mean, for them to lose to Florida last year, it was like a plane crash. It was a, it was a cascade of events. It wasn't just one thing. It was the team captain in a motorcycle wreck. It was four guys injured against Kentucky. It was the starting quarterback injured with a 14-0 to lead. It was the safety, the other safety, uh, getting ejected for targeting. It took a lot to go wrong for Georgia to lose to Florida last year. I highly doubt that that's going to happen. All things equal georgia should be an absolute runaway train in the sec east the question is what kind of shape are they going to be in when they get to atlanta to play the team from the sec west i guess we'll call it alabama everybody i guess it's six what six or seven years now alabama has been picked to win the sec at this sec media days deal and half the time i guess the media is right but uh whoever it is is jt daniels still upright that's the most important thing They've got the best quarterback in the league going into the season. Statistically, from the time JT stepped on the field, November 21st, he is the highest-rated returning passer in the country. From the time he stepped on the field, November 24th, he's got a great receiving core. Uh, Not on a level with LSU and Alabama, mind you, but still probably very good. Uh, The offensive line is strong. They need to meld a little bit. Good backfield and a dominant defensive front. But will they all be healthy? Will JT still be upright? You know, can can Kirby uh, get past Saban if it's if Saban? Uh, will LSU be some curveball surprise? Will Jimbo Fisher, uh, you know, live up to the $74 million contract? You know, to be determined. But as we sit here today, my answer is yes. I think Georgia will be there.
2: Yeah, um, Mike, in, in, in kicking off week one against Clemson, that has to be exciting too as you'll get to cover all that. But who do you think or which, which ex-Saban assistant has the better shot at uh, you know, dethroning Saban this year, Jimbo Fisher will get a crack at it on October 9th or is it Kirby Smart in the SEC title game?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I I don't know, you know, I, I Texas A&M the quarterback situation. I, I didn't think Kellen Mond was all that great. I mean, oh, Kellen Mond's moving on. Is that a bad thing? Because I didn't think he was that great personally. I mean, I think he was he's okay. I mean, he's in. He got drafted. But, he, you know, he didn't look like a guy who went, wow, Kellen Mond, you know. I want him yeah. on my fantasy team. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know, he's he's a career backup. He he didn't do enough for me. To beat Alabama, man, and I've said this, and, and, and I'm preaching to the choir here, so forgive me. But I'm trying to tell the people at Georgia this, right, because right. I saw this at Tennessee. I said, look, you want to be the best, you got to go all in, man. You can't hire some bargain bin coach. You got to have top-level facilities, which Tennessee always did under the Doug Dickey plan. You guys know that. You know Neyland Stadium's still one of the finest places in the country to watch a football game. You know, but you got to be all in across the board if you want to win a championship. And uh, A&M's trying to go all in, right? They paid the big money for Jimbo Fisher just a few years ago. I think if everybody could hit the reset button, they'd say, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe Tennessee should have spent more money than, you know, trying to go bargain bin Jeremy Pruitt. Maybe they should have put down the $74 million and gotten a proven winner. I, I don't know. I don't know if that would have changed things. I'm just saying in hindsight, right? So could it be Jimbo Fisher with the facilities, with the uh, state of Texas to recruit? He's been there a few years. Again, Question it quarterback though. Uh, I give Jimbo an outside shot, not so much because I'm convinced that AM has all the answers, but I've got questions about Alabama and I know it's Saban and I know we're supposed to hit the default button and, and kiss the ring, but I just I can't do that. I can't I can't wrap my brain around listen, Saban has been amazing. He's our modern day Bear Bryant, the dominance, the six championships, yada yada. But when you continually change coordinators and change offenses and change quarterbacks and you lose six first round picks, i mean if if Alabama wins the SEC again this year i 'm just going to throw my hands up and say, why are we even bothering let 's just start with Alabama number one and keep them there all year I mean surely, surely somebody can beat Alabama after they lose six. First round picks, Steve Sarkeesian to the NFL, Mac Jones, two first round wide receivers, the best running back they've had since Sean Alexander. Yes, I think he's better than Derek Ken Naji special. I mean, if they win again, guys, I mean seriously, I mean what's in the water, right? <laughs> no
0: kidding. Yep, uh, that's what a lot of people are afraid of, but uh George will maybe get a chance sex saying M technically gets the not technically they do get the shot first in the regular season. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see what the conversation is. Griff, it's great to talk to you. Anything to plug dognation.com or anything else? No, I, d- I want to leave you
1: guys I want to leave you guys with a question that I'm pondering. I you know, okay. I sit here and I am watch I'm like like so George's schedule. I'm like, "Wait a minute. George is going to be Tennessee's homecoming opponent? If we not seen <laughs> this awful. act be – have we yeah. not seen this act before? This reminds me of twenty seventeen when someone said, Hey, guess what? Tennessee's gonna checker the stadium and Peyton Manning's coming back for the Georgia game and I'm going, What the you know, what who whose idea was this? Right? I mean, no, Georgia home, no, don't do that. Kirby Smart never beat Tennessee as a player. All right? This guy doesn't need many excuses to get upset. I'm telling you. He's he's the orneriest, angriest person on earth until he wins a title get out of his way and yeah. you have just served him up I, and i don't mean somebody's well you know old miss might have been a little too early in the season nobody no 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 do something don't do this so i i i don't know yeah, that why news they,
0: came out last week heather went on record mike and picked georgia to win the game <laughs> well she really went out <laughs> i really went on a limb
2: there <laughs> yeah. uh, but no I, I share your frustration because I, I've, I've sat through some uh just a whoopings on homecoming before <laughs> not many but well, there's been a couple, uh, most notably Miami, but uh, yeah, it's it's no fun, no point. And, no. and, and
1: we could you could Tennessee's going to beat Ole Miss, so you should have scheduled it because you're going to beat Giffen when he comes back. That should have oh. been the home run. Oh. Pick, pick of the huh. week there for Mike Griffin. I like it. You bet, Tennessee yeah. pride, man. Vols, has got to win that one. These kids can understand that they sure. And Hypo will get it done. You know, Hypo was recently rated. What, the number one former player that's a coach now? Did you guys see that? I think he's one, right? Was well, he one?
0: ESPN put him third, was I he believe, third? behind. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: so Harbaugh was number one. Yeah. Oh, that
0: makes
2: sense, yeah. Uh, I must
0: Fitzgerald have missed Harbaugh two, finished... But, yeah, he was top three, unless there, were mul- there might have been multiple lists. Yeah, I
1: yeah. must have missed Harbaugh finishing runner up for the Heisman or something. These people just kiss so much, <laughs> you know what? It's unbelievable. Heupel should Griff, have been number one on that. Griff, it's, it's July. You're already in midseason form. I love it. I
2: know. It. You're, you're, you don't peak early, Mike. I mean, <laughs> the Clemson game is still several weeks away.
1: That's right. We'll be plugged in, guys. I look forward to any time I can come on your show and talk to Knoxville. always appreciate it, man. Always appreciate it. You guys do such a – you set such a great standard. And I don't know if your listeners know it, and I, I preached it when I was there. I'll preach it now. do a lot of different shows in a lot of different places, and, and the way you guys do it at NML is, is clearly the standard. You do a great job with it, and I really enjoyed listening. Like I said, I was back in Knoxville a lot this summer, and I really enjoyed listening to the program.
0: That's awesome. You're nice to say that, Mike. Hopefully we'll see you again in person, homecoming, uh, perhaps. <laughs> and uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you before then. Thanks for taking time to join us today. All right, guys. Have a great one. Thanks. Mike Griffith, DogNation.com. SEC football getting closer. Uh, there you go. Look, fired up. I like it.
2: Yeah, he was like totally yeah. fired up. And that makes you feel good on the first. I mean, we still have several weeks without football, but you've got NFL camps that are starting today. we got media days going on. I mean, yeah. it's the football talk. Can you feel it? It is in the air.
0: We will talk more about it as we continue in Maryville. Today, we are at the Easy Stop. Thanks to Michelob Ultra. Stop by. Check out this golf cart, and you can give yourself a chance to win it. It's free to sign up to win. Easy Stop in Maryville on Hunt Road on ninety nine one, the sports animal.